This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 100. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Turner, host or co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, coming to you uh, today on show number 100. And if you're a regular listener of the show, this is weird, right? This is, this is weird for me. I don't usually say these things. Josh, help me out. Wow, man, that was really awkward. <laughs> it was really awkward, right? I don't yeah, usually do that. It doesn't the, have the, the panache. It doesn't have, there's something there. There is something missing. Uh, I don't know. We miss you. But today is a different show, so we're doing things a little bit differently. Ah, what's going on, Brandon? What's, what's, what's happening today? Today is show number 100, which is Indeed. awesome. Which, yes. I mean, while we're on the topic, I just want to say thank you to everybody, all the listeners, all the guests, all the uh, sponsors we've had, everybody like that. You guys have been incredible uh, to get us to number 100, so we Absolutely. owe it all to you. And thank you to you, Brandon. You're... Uh... Yeah, you know, you're a great co-host. I, I very much enjoyed having you on board, except for the uh, the somewhat weak introduction today. <laughs> you know, you've done a pretty good job, man. That w- that was a past tense. I've real I, I really enjoyed having you on board. Am I? <laughs> should I be worried? Is 100 the limit for co-hosts? I have enjoyed. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me, okay. Uh, yes, we're hiring Labovich now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good luck. All right. Um, <laughs> ben Ben couldn't do what I do. Come on. <laughs> All right, so today, uh, show 100 is different because our guest today is the uh, mysterious and elusive Joshua Dorkin. What? Yeah, that's our guest no, today. No, no, no. It I'm is. Doing that. Are you really? We, we are interviewing Joshua Dorkin today on the Bigger Pockets you podcast. Told me you had like you know some trick up your sleeve today. I didn't realize <laughs> trick me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, so when I do meetups and we go to meetups all the time, the number one question I get all the time is who's Josh? Like, what does Josh do? Like, where is he from? I don't know anything about him. Cause you are a kind of a secretive guy. Like you don't, uh, you're not yeah. as public. Yeah. You're not a public. You don't share as much as uh, the rest of the world does on, on your story. So yep. uh, it took 100 shows for me to convince you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how much you can get out. Yeah. We'll see how much we get out of you today. So that's going to be good. No, we're going to, we're going to talk about your story and all that. But before we do, let's do our, uh, our usual beginning stuff. For example, our quick tip. All right. Today's quick tip is, I don't know. What is today's quick tip? I don't have notes, guys. I'm literally <laughs> running naked. I'm dressed, but I don't. <laughs> so, Brandon, what's today's quick tip? All right. Today's quick tip is a little self-serving, but, you know, aren't they? Oh, I know what the quick tip yeah. is. You told me earlier. All right. Today's quick tip, guys. This is self-serving, but it is. it's okay. If you have purchased the uh, Brandon Turner's book uh, on Amazon. What's mine? Which is the book, you know, the, the title is long. The book on invest in real estate with real estate. no and low money down. All right. If you've purchased that book on Amazon and have not yet left us a review, please go on Amazon and leave us a review. Please. And I'll take it one step further. If you've also bought Jay Scott's books, uh, the book on flipping houses, the book on estimating rehab costs, you know, leave us a review on those as well. We've sold a lot of these books, guys, and we've only got a few dozen reviews and, and would definitely appreciate additional ones. Uh, they, they certainly help us get the word out about them. So thank you very much in advance for doing that. And that takes us to today's pro benefit of the week. All right. Today's pro benefit of the week. Yeah. All right. Today's pro benefit of the week is... 
if you're a, a Bigger Pockets Pro member and are tired of seeing that guy who keeps giving advice that you just drives you mad, you can hide them. We now have the feature that you can hide people. On so the basically, forums, of course. yeah, on the forums, you just, not in real life. I mean, right? You right. can try to hide them in real life. Put them in a box. Yep, you know, yep, in your yep. basement, lock them up. Okay, you're creepy. <laughs> Definitely time for a new post. You're fired. All right. Dang it. So basically, you could just hide that user's post. So, you know, you just kind of skip past it and it doesn't infuriate you like like it might. So, you know, we've got a lot of members and, and we just kind of giving people additional options to make their experience more pleasurable on the site. So there it is. There you go. But yeah, I, you know, that's that's what we got for you. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. All right. Well, look, it's, uh, yeah. All right. We're moving into it. We got we to have time. This is going to be like a se- seven-hour show. Oh, geez. Yeah, here we go. All right. So we're going to talk about... This guy doesn't shut up, does he? <laughs> Broken guy. Jeez. Can somebody get him off the show? <laughs> all right. So today, our guest is... The one and only fabulous Joshua Dorkin. Ooh, fabulous. Uh, yeah, Joshua Dorkin. Let me do a quick, uh, I'm going to do this from memory. Josh right. started investing back, uh, I don't know, probably a little over 15, about 15 years ago. You got kind of into this game. And then you built the world's largest real estate investing uh, website that anybody's ever seen. It's huge and massive, and you all know about it, so we don't need to go into it. And uh, today we're going to talk about how you got started in that whole process. So yeah. All right. So again, uh, let's get to this interview with Josh, should we? Josh, how does it feel to be a guest on your own show? 
I'm honored to be a guest of my own show. <laughs> <laughs> Finally invited after. Finally invited after 100 shows. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Josh, right, so what are you going to ask a question? I got to start. I have to ask my own. I, I got to start the same way you always do. Josh Dorkin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. I'm glad to be here, Brandon. It's a it's a pleasure. I you know what you guys do a really good job, you and Josh and and yeah, uh, thank you. I don't know. I th- well, you know I think so it'll be Josh, fun. To, what I think it'll be fun. To, what what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so today's show is going to be it is going to be fun because honestly, I mean, this is 100 percent true. I don't know hardly anything about your story. I mean, like I've been working with you for you for two years now. Every day we spend eight hours a day on Skype, and I know like nothing about your story. Like we just don't talk about your story. You're a private guy, like I said. So why don't we start at the very, very beginning? Okay. Uh, how did you, uh, yeah. How did you get into real estate? What got Uh, you interested in that? What got me into real estate? Well, so I, I grew up the son of entrepreneurs. My entire family was in the world of creating businesses. And so being raised around that gave me you know, it gave me, I, I guess, the inspiration or the energy, or there, there was just something unspoken because my parents didn't say, Hey, you're going to grow up and be an entrepreneur. You're going to go and do this. It, there, there was something there that just kind of was innate watching, watching your folks build a business. And, um, I don't know, you know, I, I, I went to college in, in, in St. Louis, Washington University, and went there for uh, business, ended up with a marketing and political science, uh, two degrees. And um, while there, my senior year in high school, in high school, I'm very nervous. I'm nervous being on this show, man. All these people listening, there's like, I don't know. what what like like seven people. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, you know, senior year in college, I had a roommate and uh, we, you know, we were renting this apartment. I think it was like 450 bucks for the two of us per month. And... We we just one day stopped and we were in B school together and we said you know what are we doing we're spending all this money so this guy can get rich why are we doing it you know why don't we figure out a way to buy this building and I think it was a six or an eight plex I think it was a six plex and we'll buy it we'll buy the property and uh, we'll become the landlords and we'll collect the you know all the rent checks and and you know start our way and yeah. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. We had no clue. We had nowhere to go. We, we, you know, there was really, there was nothing other than a couple, you know, the books that you could buy at the library to really help with that. And and so, you know, after scrounging around and realizing that we didn't know what we were doing, didn't have really a lot of cash, we just kind of moved on. And uh, fast forward, post-college, I, I ended up moving to Boston, lived there for a little bit, ended up- I didn't know that. Uh, I did indeed. Yes. See, how about that? I, know. I was in Boston for a bit, then moved back to New York. Did you park the car in the garage in Boston? I uh, fatted in a pack <laughs> and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I was there. Uh, I was a. Uh, I was. <laughs> I was a, a prop trader. What's did a prop that. trader? It's uh, like a, a day trader. I I worked at a at a shop at a firm. I had put up some cash and and they let me uh, uh, work with some of their reserves. And basically, I bought and sold stock all day, and uh, did that for a little bit. Left that industry. Uh, you know, back then screens, computer screens weren't as good as they are today. And so, staring at screens all day, not only staring at a screen, but like staring at little tickers, little numbers going up and down all day long. I would go home with these horrible migraines. And so 
I eventually just, I couldn't do it. I, you know, it was physically hurting me to be in this industry. So I left and uh, moved back uh, home with my parents. And, uh, and that was in New York? That was in New York. Yeah. Okay. So I was back in New York living with my parents and I got into the entertainment business. You were a stripper. I was a mipper. <laughs> A male stripper. <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> so I got into the entertainment business. And, uh, you know, I was, as a kid, I was always into into uh, acting and, and things like that and decided, you know what, this was a good opportunity to, to, to try it out. So move in with my folks, went into Manhattan all the time and was doing auditions, realized, you know what, I didn't want to only be on one side of the camera. I wanted to learn the industry, wanted to learn the business. So I did. I taught, taught myself the business by slaving myself on student films, independent projects, and, and just working for free as basically an apprentice. Um, go ahead. Can you, can you tell us how you got on Saturday Night Live? Because people don't I, know this. I cannot tell you that. <laughs> I would have to kill you. Can you I tell the that. story of what, what, were you, what were you on SNL or what did you do? I, I've done a, a couple little bit roles on SNL. I was like a basketball player. Uh, I was actually a, a Jewish basketball player on Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld's basketball team when Jerry Seinfeld was, was on SNL. Awesome. Uh, one time I was, I was like a police academy recruit with Ben Affleck. I've done a couple of random little bit things. But uh, I'll try to put I'll try to find those clips and yeah, put them in the don't. show notes. Please don't <laughs> at biggerpockets.com slash show one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I I the way I work is I want to learn something about a business. I have to really learn all sides of it. And and so I I mean I did the worst possible jobs. I was I was the low man on the totem pole on a free student film. You know, <laughs> and I was willing to do that because I knew that by doing that I could learn how things work. So fast forward, that brings me, the entertainment business brought me out to LA. I did a bunch of random stuff in LA and teaching, including teaching high school. Um, and one of the things I did while I was in LA was to get my real estate license. It's like, you know what, this is a good way to make some money. I've always kind of had an interest in real estate, got a license, uh, ended up doing, uh, doing real estate, uh, sales, uh, in, in West Hollywood. And, um, realized pretty quickly it wasn't for me. Well, I, I, well, let ahead. me ask you, I mean, like, and you can obviously go on to that, but I want to know, like you, we, you ask this question a lot of people. So I'll ask you, do you think it's a good idea for new investors to get your license? Like whether if you just start not like you were, I think it depends. Here's when I was an agent, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I didn't know how much it was going to cost. I didn't know all the numbers associated. In fact, there was a great post and I forgot who wrote it last week on bigger pockets, uh, about all the expenses that go with getting a real estate license. And, and we'll, we'll point to it in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 100. It was great, um, great article. But yeah, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know, I didn't realize I was going to have to spend a whole lot of mar- money on marketing. I didn't realize I was going to have to join MLSs and, and that was going to cost me money. I didn't know that there was all this stuff. I thought I could do it on the cheap. And I quickly realized that I could with my little circle of people that I knew who were interested in buying real estate. But beyond that, I'd have to find new customers. And, and that was not easy. It was not easy. So I think getting your real estate license is fantastic. I really don't see a lot of negatives to it. However, you need to be prepared for the cost. And there is cost and it's thousands and thousands of dollars per year that, that are associated with at least kind of getting the ball going and getting your marketing and, and kind of getting things moving. But 
as an investor, if the savings you get and if the the advantages you get from your real estate license are are worth you know financially are worth it, then do it. You know, um, and and what is that number? I I guess you know if you having your license is going to get you access to one extra deal, or it's going to let you pull the trigger more quickly, or you're going to save money on the sale of a property or the saving commissions uh, when you sell, then why not? I think I think it's absolutely worthwhile. So anyway, I did that for a little bit. It wasn't for me. It really wasn't for me. You know, I, I so I decided to get out. Well, when you say it wasn't for you, like what didn't you like about it? I didn't like, primarily I didn't like the company I was keeping. And this sounds awful, but <laughs> I found, again, I was in West, I was in, I was in West Hollywood, you know, the, 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 uh, plastic capital of the planet. And there were a lot of plastic people that were doing the same job as, as I was. And, and so I don't know, just kind of on the day-to-day basis, looking at listings, dealing with folks who I just, I couldn't relate to, you know, the you know, folks who just, I, I don't want to say it cause I'll probably offend <laughs> a, a lot of plastic people out in the Los Angeles basin. But you know, I, I, I just, I couldn't deal with it. It was, it was mind numbing. It was really mind numbing. And, and, you know, doing the business side, you know, and, and looking and crunching numbers was cool. But when, when the time came to have to negotiate or talk to people and deal with people out there, I, I mean, I just wanted to bang my head against the wall. It was not, <laughs> it was awful. So I stopped and, uh, Again, I ended up teaching high school. That was I was a sub teacher. Long, long story short, I got a sub teaching credential, and uh, went to do a substitute teaching gig. And the the my my first day substitute teaching, uh, the teacher that I was subbing for uh, quit. <laughs> so I had a job, and lo and behold, four years later, I I, I stayed on. I think I was there for four to five years. Wow. Uh, so um, I didn't know that either. I thought it was like a year. No, I was there. Uh, I was there a long time, and it was a special ed school in in uh, San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. Worked with some unbelievable kids and some kids who were pretty horrible, but mostly <laughs> unbelievable kids. and And I keep in touch with some today. But yeah, it was it was really cool. It was an amazing experience, and uh, all the while, my interest in real estate never never faded. So. To make a really long story short, and I didn't make it short at all. I just made it really long. Um, one day, I got a call from my brother. And he said, hey, Josh, I, I think uh, you should check out this, you know, what I'm doing here. I've decided it's time to, to buy some rental property. And he, he kind of gave me a bunch of information about what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, well, this is cool. This is something that I've always wanted to do. And and so it it triggered me to uh, start doing a little bit of homework on on rentals again, and 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 eventually led to me buying uh, my first multifamily property. Um, he kind of got me excited, got me hyped up, and I bought my first rental property. But before that, you know, I was I don't know twenty three, I think twenty three, twenty four in West Hollywood, and I needed a place to live after living on my friend's floor for, you know, <laughs> oh man. It was it was a couple of weeks. I w- when I went out to California, I had gone out to visit. You know, I was looking at different acting things in in California, and and I while I was there, I was so enthralled by it. So I called my parents and I said, you know, mom, dad, when I get home, you know, 
I know you're not going to like this, but I'm out of here. (laughs) And they're like, no, you're not. This is not happening. I was like, no, I'm leaving. You know, I'm giving myself one week from the day I get home and I'm getting in the car and I'm driving to California. And they thought I was crazy. And I did that literally one week to the day. I, my car was packed. All my, all my belongings were in there. And I was set out to drive from New York all the way to Los Angeles. I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I'd figure it out. And so halfway there, you know, called, found a friend of a friend who, you know, referred me back to another friend. And, uh, you know, he said, yeah, crash on our floor. So I did that and, you know, paid for groceries while, uh, you know, they let me hang out there and play video games all the time. And, (laughs) and, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I, I needed a place to live. And I was like, I'm in California. You know, this is a good market. And I ended up buying a condo. And so that was like my first purchase was was this condo purchase. And I, I was know just going to ask you. wanted yeah. to ask about that. So yeah, what was I, your very first invest, or what was your first deal? I guess that would yeah. sort of be it. Yeah. So I bought the condo and it was, um, I paid $250,000. It was in this amazing building in West Hollywood. I, I moved in, lived there, lived uh, the, uh, for those people who are old enough to, to know it, I, it was kind of like Melrose Place. It was unbelievable. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Did you buy it knowing that like... It was a lot of fun, by the way. I was, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you buy it knowing like... I don't know anything about as an investment where you're like, well, this would be a good investment property. Uh, this is a you know cheap place. Was it you know inexpensive when you bought it? I mean, how'd you pick that place and why did you choose it? So I, you know, for me, a the first and foremost was I needed a place that I'd be comfortable living in. So what I did when I moved to this new city was I got in the car and I drove up and down every single block. And first I, I would kind of drive around and find different areas that I liked. And then once I found an area I liked, I drive up and down every single block in that area, looking at the, the, the different buildings, looking at the property. And once I kind of found areas, then I started to do some shopping, do, did some research. And um, when I found this place, I think I ended up paying more for the unit than anyone had previously paid for a single unit in, in that building. Nice. So I over I overpaid, but when I did the math, you know, a, for me to live in made sense. And B, if I were to get out and rent it out, it made sense. You know, the numbers worked. And so I bought the condo and it was great. I mean, love living there. You know, uh, everything was good and well until I started to get these notices that we were getting these one-time assessments. And, and that was like the first time I was like, oh man, wow, real estate. Like you could really really kind of get screwed if you don't know what you're doing. And I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was 23. I bought a condo and assessments. I mean, I had read all the paperwork when I bought the place, but I didn't know they could start, you know, charging you out of the blue, like random stuff. I thought, you know, I pay X amount a month for HOA fees and that's what I'm paying. I could predict that. Sure. So for those people who don't know, what is an assessment? Assessment, I mean... Because I don't know. (laughs) Basically, you know, if there's some kind of charge, some kind of bill that comes up or something that the association wants to spend money on, they can come up with a, a, you know, these assessments, these one-off assessments to take care of it. And so I don't remember what the first one was, but I was really angry. I was pissed off. I was like, this is, you know, that's a lot of money for a lot of us. And and, uh, I didn't expect it. I didn't budget for it. And so that was one of the first 
turning points for me of of HOAs being negative. There was a lot of you know HOAs all politics. It's people on power trips. A lot of people who you know have nothing doing in their life and want the power of managing and controlling <laughs> something. So they go and they you know beat up other people. And listen, I. I get HOAs. There is a need to some extent, but I think a lot of the politics in HOAs is very detrimental to HOAs Mm -hmm. and to the people who live in these communities. Bottom line is the HOA that I was a part of um, turned out that, you know, they, we did not have earthquake insurance on this building and I was kind of ready for a new, another big quake to come. And I was like, you know, the board, I don't love the board. I don't trust them. They don't want to get earthquake insurance. There's just a lot of stuff. And so I ended up getting out of the condo. I ended up selling it instead of holding on and renting it or anything else uh, because um, I feared that my investment was in the hands of people outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about real estate is it's better in my mind than stocks and bonds and other things because you have control of that investment. Well, when you're buying in an HOA, you don't necessarily have control of the investment. There are other parties and players who can really, really affect that investment for you. And I don't know, that, that, that was a big turnoff for me. And, and so I'm, I'm fairly anti-HOA from an investment perspective because I think that it's too easy for these boards to affect potential cash flow by coming up with assessments, raising rate, raising fees, things like that. And frankly, making rules that you may not like and may not work for you. Do you think it would have been better had you like run for the HOA board, you know, been on the, been on the board? I know some guys like Serge uh, Shukat, uh, who we had on somewhere in the 60s on his podcast, one of the most yeah. popular podcasts 61, we've done. I think it was. I think it was, yeah. Uh, one of the most popular ones we've ever done. But uh, one of the things, uh, talking to him just recently, he was saying how he's on or he is like the board uh, yeah. of one of his uh, properties. So I, I wonder, like, would that have changed things for you or could you have gone that route? I was going to, and the rules were pretty much stacked against people and stacked in the favor of the people who were on the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had friends, I'd made friends with, with, with a bunch of people, but, you know, the, the folks who were in power at the time were made a pretty convincing argument why they should stay in power, even though they were actually doing bad things above and beyond everything else that we're talking about. So yeah. um, bottom line is, you know, if you're looking at condos or homes or anything else that are in HOA, do your homework, read the docs before you buy the property and make sure you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, know what what's possible uh, because it could turn around and hurt you. Yeah. I know I've been looking into like condos a little bit, whether it's in Denver, uh, I kind of want to buy one in Hawaii, maybe, you know, random places like that. Must be uh, nice to be Brandon Turner, right? It guys? is amazing, right? No, I, it's an I want to an- buy a condo <laughs> in Hawaii. Meanwhile, my Parisian estate isn't doing so well. <laughs> I'm just wow. thinking, I'm thinking Where as an guys? investment, right? I don't pay right? you that much, bro. So I'm <laughs> thinking as an, as an investment. So I want to buy something in Hawaii that I can rent out using like Airbnb when I'm not there. And it'll give me a nice yep. excuse to go every year, a couple of times. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? We should totally yeah. buy a nice condo and and and. But that those are the things I'm worried about. I mean, I'm worried about the HOA all of a sudden. Be like, hey, by the way, for the next three years, extra five hundred bucks a month because we got to put a new roof on because we didn't calculate that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that freaks me out. Like, oh crap, you know, like yeah. there goes cash flow for the next few years. And then, hey, we want to redo all the carpets, yeah. even though we did it four years ago. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, you know, let's do something else and and. Yeah, and and you know, ultimately, the people are supposed to have a say in these things, but you know, 
again, politics can be very interesting when it comes to uh, <laughs> is it organizations like, like Is that. it like House of Cards? Are you, it, were you I, like uh, Kevin Spacey trying to navigate? I, I was not like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I ran into quite a few Kevin Spaceys, but yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, did you, okay, so it, you bought the condo, uh, you lived in it for a while. How long did you live there? I was there, I think, three years and, and okay. sold it. I think I sold it for three seventy. Um, now I mind you, all this was going on. The bubble in, in, in Los Angeles was, was frothy, man. It was, you know, this, I bought it in 2000. I mean, uh, I was watching properties go like crazy. You know, the prices were increasing like bananas and, and, you know, I kicked myself in the pants because, you know, a couple of years later, the very same condos were selling for six fifty. Oh, wow. So, yeah, but still, you made it what a hundred, a little over a hundred grand. I made some money. It was yeah. it was good, uh, you know, and and a great experience, and and uh, you know, use that to kind of parlay into to the next thing. And uh, but yeah, so you know, it was it was uh, it was a unique experience. So you kind of did a, a accidental coming, I mean, pretty much exactly what I did, kind of an accidental live and flip. Uh, yeah. Even though you didn't have to fix and flip it necessarily, you right. you know, you rode that appreciation wave. So, well, so maybe we can talk about that for a minute your experience or your thoughts on appreciation. Like should I benefited I, from it. You Listen, benefited from it, but was totally. that luck? Was that just a combination of being in the right place, right time? Was it, what was that? For and me, should other was, people do it? It was absolutely dumb luck. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm, you know, I got beat up on the stock market bubble. I was real. I mean, I, I remember I was a stock trader, uh, did fairly well in the market, you know, getting into the market allowed me to end up buying that condo. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was fairly good at it, but I, you know, I also was kind of loose, loosey goosey, like a lot of people were and, and ended up losing a considerable amount of cash. And, uh, so that made me pretty conservative when it came to real estate, which is also, you know, why I ended up selling when I sold, I saw that I had gone my condo and in little time had gone from two fifty to three seventy. I was like, Wow. That's crazy. This thing is up, you know, 150, you know, 50% in short order. This is crazy. This can't sustain itself. Well, it did for another four or five years. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it shouldn't have, but it yeah. did. Um, and you know, uh, I think, you know, between the financial institutions, I think, you know, various folks in in power, you know, uh senators and other officials of power encouraged the bubble to continue. Um, and, uh, I think that's what kind of allowed it to, to keep going, but, uh, it was dumb luck. I, along with, you know, millions of other people, you know, saw appreciation. So the benefits of it, um, I saw that it would end at some point and I got out. I, again, had I held on, I could have done better, but had I held on, I could have done worse too. So whatever, uh, in terms of appreciation, I think there's some merit to, strategically purchasing properties in the way of growth. Mm -hmm. So uh, like a lot of our guests, I believe that appreciation is something that would be a nice factor that you can kind you can't guarantee it. You can't count on it. But if you're buying long, you know, long-term holds in the way of growth, you should see appreciation. So, you know, whether it's take here in, in Colorado, the Denver Boulder corridor, you know, there's this, you know, these two cities that are 30 miles apart or so. And I've been here so, uh, almost eight years. In that time, you've seen this corridor between these two cities just fill in with suburbs. And, and so, 
you know, if you had the foresight to, to say, oh, you know what? At some point, this is going to start to happen. I'm going to invest in property somewhere in here and you get in early, you're probably going to ride somewhat of a wave of appreciation as, as you know, demand grows uh, to, to go in there. But I'm not going to tell people, hey, just buy there because you expect the property to go up in price because I think you're just gambling. I mean, at that point, you're straight gambling. Sure. So, you know, buy with, with fundamentals, you know, buy a property of value, look for undervalued discounted properties, purchase those. And then, you know, if you're in the way of growth, you should expect some kind of appreciation over the long run. But if you don't get it, as long as you've got the cash flow coming in, you're good to go. So that's, you know, that would be my highest and best aim for, you know, what's the best way to kind of go about doing this. I like it. I like it. Okay. So let's talk about, you said you kind of parlayed that into your investment, uh, your first investment. So let's talk about that. You, you mentioned earlier, your brother was yep. trying to get you into it. Kind of take us from there. So, I mean, really quickly, just he, he was, uh, snapping up, uh, duplexes, you know, four families, a bunch of multis, uh, around the Midwest. And, and, um, you know, I was looking at the cash numbers and I said, wow, that's, that's awesome. And, and he was there and I was like, all right, well, you know what, this, this isn't a bad idea. Let, let's do this. The numbers look good. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I started with low end multifamily. And where was this at? You said St. Louis, right? Yeah. It was a mistake. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) This was, this was, this was not a good decision. Buying properties thousands of miles away with no experience managing people um, and and expecting that I'd walk away with a good result. Um, when you say low end, what do you mean by low? Like, how low was this? I mean, this cardboard I mean, box. these were in neighborhoods that you pro- you don't want to walk in at night. I didn't okay. want to walk around at night. Now, I you know, I didn't love walking around during the day either. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I did. And it'd be properties where, you know, three, four doors away, you'd have a vacant property with people hanging out on the stoop, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I was. I wasn't quite Joe Pesci, but it was. You know, it was. Uh, you know, these were tough areas, and 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 so, I think the biggest thing I took away from that was, new investors should not do it. <laughs> you know, investing <laughs> investing at a distance is definitely a strategy. It's a viable strategy. Uh, buying turnkey or or just buying you know long distance and and managing it yourself absolutely is viable. But I really do believe you need to get some kind of fundamental base before you go out and do that. I really, really do believe that. I think it's to your advantage as an owner um, to know what you're doing before you go out and, and buy something that, you know, is going to take you at the very least, you know, a, a flight to, to get to. Yep. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, I, I counted on property managers that, you know, I didn't know how to vet and, and I bought properties I shouldn't have bought because, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to drill you about those mistakes here. And uh, uh, we're going to go deep in those. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, whatever, you know, so I, it was, you know, uh, it was a learning experience and listen, here's the thing, all that, all that, all those mistakes and, and just the experience in general is why you are here talking to me. It's why anybody listening to the show is listening to the show. It's why the you know countless 
you know, 20 million, you know, tens of millions of people who have been through our platform have been through our platform. Bigger pockets would not exist without me having these negative experiences. Sure. And so, um, you know, they were horrible. However, I, I took these things and, and said, I need to do something. I need to better figure out a better way. And, and that kind of birthed, you know, BP. Well, and, and I want to get to that. Um, but I also want to know like that first, I mean, let's talk about specifics a little bit. Like how did you find the properties? Was it just your brother? And then what was the, I mean, how did you fi- finance it? Kind of the, those kind of questions. So finance, I had cash from so all the, all cash. I, no, no, no. I mean, I, okay. I, but you know, I bought four, four families. So you can get a traditional loan on a four family, um, put 20% down, okay. um, found them, uh, basically flew into town, got in the car and drove around and, and, you know, looked at countless, countless Detroit-esque properties. <laughs> I mean, man, the the one property that just like you know and and any experienced investor has has been through these but you know the one thing that stands out for me we all have like that one property that just like oh man oh yep we walked into one and there was a carpet of mold on every surface in this entire property Ooh. like you know i had seen mold but there was mold on every there was mold on light bulbs on glass <laughs> how does mold grow on glass i don't know, I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> there was mold on every surface. And and that's the one property that that to this day just stands out to me. Like I, You didn't I actually just, buy that one though, right? No. Okay, good. Okay, good. Hell no. Now there are people who would, and yep. today I I might. Yeah. Um, but no, 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 no way. Okay, I, I knew I had some limits at the time. But yeah, you know, no. So we we just kind of drove around and looked at a lot of properties and and kind of took a yellow pad or a notebook and and put down, you know, what what did what what did these things look like? What was the purchase price? What was the you know what I have to put down? What was my rent going to be? What were my kind of estimated expenses? And again, I was I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to estimate expenses. I didn't know how to estimate management costs. I didn't know how to estimate repairs. And those, my friends, are the killers. Yeah, those are the ones that most people don't get right, and those are the ones that will cost you and that will hurt you. And and um, I was okay. I was okay. You know, even though I, I underestimated, I was still fine, but you know, it hurts. It hurts when you, you know, you don't know that you're going to get 10, 12% on management. It hurts. And you don't know that, you know, the cost, the, the, you know, in low income property, somebody's going to break a toilet every week. You know, yeah. How do you break a toilet? I don't know. I don't know, but it happens. I, right? I, I'll clog a toilet, but I'm not going <laughs> to break a toilet. You know, I don't know how that works. I don't know how I, I had a unit that I had somebody, there was a whole in the floor, in the kitchen, yep. in a hardwood floor. There was a hole. <laughs> How do you put a hole in the hardwood floor in the kitchen? Yeah. Makes I mean, do, I mean, is, uh, do you drop an anvil? I mean, is, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it happens. And, yeah. and so, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. You, you, you had a question somewhere and I, I just well, ramble. That's all right. No, <laughs> I want to know about, you mentioned, uh, you didn't expect, you know, the cost for property management. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the PM stuff because I know you, you know, you rail on PMs a lot, property managers on the on the podcast here. So obviously you've had some bad experiences. So I guess my first sure. question is, how did you find your first property manager? Uh, do you remember? So 
I do. I know you're getting uh, kind of old and the, getting a little uh, fuzzy out there in the memory. What? what did you say? <laughs> First property manager was my sister-in-law. She was a, a real estate agent. Okay. Um, and she managed for me very briefly. She ended up, you know, uh, stopping managing for other people. And so, uh, you know, I, I went and found somebody else. I don't, who was another realtor, I believe. They just weren't, you know, the first one just wasn't doing a great job. I felt like, you know, I would ask questions, didn't get the answers that I needed or wanted. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is not working. You know, I'm pretty anal retentive about things. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I I was waiting for, you know, a a little joke, (laughs) you know. I respect Um, my elders, come on. Oh, man. All right, Uh, so I went and I found another one. And what, the issue with that one was they had maintenance in-house. I didn't have the choice. I don't believe I may, you know, I don't want to misquote myself, but I'm almost certain I could not use an outside mm-hmm. uh, handy guy. Uh, so I think I had to use their handy people. And, and, and so um, their costs were like crazy, you know, inflated. Um, you know, I kind of felt like I was getting kind of the runaround on, on certain things and, and, you know, it just felt like every time, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt like I was being taken advantage of and I may or may not have been, but I, I just, something didn't feel right about the whole thing. And I felt like I had to get out. So I got out, I ended up with another company. Um, you know, um, I mean, I had, I had a company that, that had take it. They basically were these guys were complete crooks, but what they did was they, they basically decided one day, Hey, we're going to shut down our business. We're going to open up a new business and take on all the clients and the units that we like. And you know, the units that we don't like, you know, we're not going to work with. Um, but all the deposits that, you know, they had collected somehow never got paid to the owners. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of like real bad stuff. I mean, a, a big group of us ended up kind of working together to, to recover some of that stuff. I mean, we went to the attorney general. I mean, we, we, we dealt with, a, you know, a lot of the, uh, and I've written about this stuff on Bigger Pockets actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, people screwing people, you know, doing, doing bad things, um, you know, uh, co- uh, what, what what is it commingling deposits do, just doing stuff that you are not supposed to do as a manager um and uh i don't know I, so well what do you suggest for people to do if they're looking for a property manager whether it's locally or far away uh, what could you have done better and what do you recommend others do today so i could have talked to a my local network of real estate investors which i didn't have because i was far away there's another problem right yeah i was at a distance i didn't know who to talk to and and had no no one to kind of get recommendations from. Oh yeah, Bigger Pockets does that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You nice. can just say, "Hey, who's got, you know, who knows of a good manager in St. Louis? Who have you worked with? Who do you like? Who do you not like? Who have you interviewed?" Uh we put together an interview worksheet. Uh they're available on the Bigger Pockets file place at biggerpockets.com/files with questions you want to ask. Um, the manager, you know, you want to know who they work with. Do they, you know, are they are they uh managing their own properties, which some people say, yeah, that's a great thing. If they're managing their own properties, other people may say it's a terrible thing. I found, I actually had a tenant who had moved out and ended up telling me that they moved out because they ended up in the unit of one of the property managers units. And because we had established a good relationship, they told me that, well, no property manager should be stealing clients from their, from their clients. 
I mean, that's just crazy. It's crazy. So get recommendations, interview them. You know, I think what most people, new, new investors and new people in kind of any industry get wrong is they feel like, um, you know, they'll walk in the door and the property manager starts asking them questions. And they feel like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to answer the questions. And it's an interview. But the interview is actually supposed to go the other way. You are supposed to interview the property manager. They can ask you all the questions in the world. But at the end of the day, you have to ask them questions. You have to be happy with their answers. And if you're not, get the hell out. Move yeah. on. So do you have any do you have any good, you know, suggestions for questions that you can ask people? I mean, what what should I ask a property manager uh when I'm interviewing one? Put me on the spot, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um I would say, you know, start with how many units they manage, where do they manage the units? What's their policy on screening tenants? What's their policy on evictions, you know? Uh, how do they handle late rent? How do they, I mean, you pretty much any and every question that you would have for yourself as an owner, like, Hey, what do I do in this situation? Ask them it. And if they don't want to answer it, or if they don't have, they're too busy or they don't want to sit there and deal with you. That's a really good indication that you're not going to, uh, be a good fit. How do you communicate? And what happens if such and such happens? Do you email me? Do you call me? Do you text me? You know, how much money, uh, do you want to have as a reserve? How much money do you want to spend without my permission? Mm-hmm. You know, is it two fifty? You know, because a lot of property managers they don't want to call you every time they got to fix a doorknob. Uh, but you know, so you have to give them some latitude on on what they can work with. Is that the right number? What's your percentage? You know, do you get what are your fees based upon? Are you just charging twelve percent? You know, uh, of rent. Well, what if you don't get it rented? Yeah. You know, so am, am I going to keep paying you for six months if you can't fill a vacancy for six months? These are the questions you want to know. Um, uh, legal, you know, can I work with a real estate uh, eviction attorney? Do you have one? You know, who are they? Let me talk to them. Uh, who, what other clients do you work with? Give me their names. Let me call them and talk to them. You know, if, if anything kind of raises a red flag, move on. Yeah. Move I on. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the in the here on the podcast that I transferred over my first two properties to property management, uh, yeah. and they were like my problem properties, the ones that I don't like dealing with. And yep. you know, it was really great; it felt really relaxing. But now I'm having this problem, uh, and maybe you can offer me some advice. I feel like I have to be telling my property manager to do everything. Like Time I called, yeah, it was, it was like two weeks into it and the guy hadn't paid rent yet. So I, like my wife emailed and said, well, oh, it was like six, you know, day six, whatever. So rent's due. She emailed and said, Hey, did we get the rent? She writes back. No. My wife says, okay, so what do you normally do you do at this point? She says, Oh, we just serve a three day notice. Usually my wife says, did you serve okay, it? Yeah. Did you serve it? Oh no. But should we do that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. We don't, we don't need, you know, you don't have to give permission. Now it's the next month. So he only yeah. owed like 200 bucks for rent because of how yeah. it prorated. Anyway, next month now it's today's what today is the eighth. eighth. And I do not have rent yet from that 200 from last month or this month. Has she served a notice? I told her to on the first that if he didn't serve it, but I have no, I don't think he, I don't think she did. So now okay, I got to call so, and tell her to serve the notice. It's so annoying. Well, no, actually you have to call her and fire her. Yeah, I probably have to call her and fire her. I mean, no, maybe I mean, she, that, maybe she did it, but I just. No, there is no maybe. I mean, like <laughs> if she, listen, I, I like, here's the thing. You're a nice guy. I'm, well, a lot of people <laughs> think I'm not, but I'm actually a very nice guy. Um, this is a business. This is your business. Yep. Okay. That person that you've hired to take care of and manage your business is not managing your business. Mm-hmm. 
It is not your job to babysit the property manager. And if you have to babysit the property manager, you need to fire the property manager. Which then goes back to the issue, though. If there was only two in my town I could rely on, and one was old and one was this Time one. to dump all the properties <laughs> in your town. If you don't want to... Ma- no, I'm, I mean, yeah. I... It's... This might answer my question of, should I just open up my own property management company you might, yeah. versus you might want hire someone else? It might because not be a bad idea. this person is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. You're, their job is to work for you. If you're telling them what they have to do, yeah. they're not trained. They don't know what they're doing. Then you're, you're not working with a property manager who's worth their salt. Yeah. I feel like all we're doing right now is um, my wife is still the property manager. We just now have a liaison between the tenant and us. And that's not what I hired for you know, no. 10% of the rent. Yeah. Person that, well, anyway, well, so well, listen. I mean, the, the, the bottom line is here. Here's the issue. Like, this is something that a lot of people don't know. Listen, Brandon Turner, who is <laughs> Mr. Bigger Pockets, right? I mean, is that my just, name, Mr. Bigger Pockets? No, I think I'm Mr. Bigger Pockets. Okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need a need a little guy with a top hat. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, you're asking these questions, and that's okay. And you know, what? again, that's kind of the beauty of Bigger Pockets. By the way, is like. There is no, there is not a stupid question. These are questions that just stupid are, people. <laughs> I you didn't am say not. It. You, oh, okay. uh, you know, all right, no, but I mean, <laughs> these are questions, Brandon. You've been investing for years and years and years and years, and you're asking this question. And I think you know the answer, and you're asking it because you're such a nice guy <laughs> that you're afraid to actually face the truth, which is yeah, you maybe. need to fire this person. But that's the thing. That's why. That's why I created bigger pockets. I mean, that is. W- fundamentally why I created this site. I had property. I had questions and I'm sitting around looking for a place to go where I could find an answer to those questions. And there were, there were websites at the time. I mean, Facebook didn't even exist by the way, at the yeah. time that bigger pockets was born, but there were Zillow didn't exist at the time bigger pockets were born. There were sites, there were a bunch of communities for real estate investors and you know, as a budding investor, I looked at them. I was like, oh, this is so cool. There are these communities. That's great. And as I went and kind of spent time, what I found, what I felt was these communities purpose was not, their primary purpose was not to serve as a community for real estate investors. Their primary purpose was serve was to serve as a channel to sell content, to serve, not sell, not content, but to sell courses and boot camps and, and, and trainings and all that stuff. And, and, for me, I, you know, I didn't need to buy somebody's $1,000, $5,000, $20,000 boot camp. I just need an answer to a darn question. Yeah. And, and I didn't need the answer coming from somewhere where I didn't really trust that I wasn't going to be sold on something as soon as I got an answer. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I felt like there was a need for another there was a different model that that had to exist. And, and so I had built, been building websites since 94 when I was in college. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to create a community that's not going to be about upselling, not going to be about selling people anything. I'm going to create a place that's just a place that guys like me can go to help each other be successful. And that was kind of how BP was born. And I, I think you were yeah, well, possibly going there. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask also where, where the name Bigger Pockets come from. Oh, man. All right. Bigger <laughs> Pockets. Da, da, da. <laughs> I was an actor. Many of you are, are aware now that I, I was an actor. And, and so one of my friends, uh, Sean Sims, uh, shout out to Sean. Um, and uh, Sean had done a movie, low budget movie. By the way, Sean is the doppelganger for Barry Bonds. 
So nice. it's always fun to hang out with, with Sean and watch people like double, double. Everyone take. thinks it's Barry Bonds and Adam Levine hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Smart guy. Um, but he was playing this, you know, this role where he was like, uh, I don't know, a drug dealer, I think. He's in this shady bar and he's sitting there and he's trying to pull out this wad of cash, just a big fat roll of cash. And it's literally stuck in his pant pocket and he can't get it out. And he's like, man, I got to get bigger pockets. And I was like, I love that. I love that. And, and it wasn't until later, you know, I act bigger pockets when I first created a website with the name bigger pockets, uh, revelation here, I was trying to create a community for actors for people in the entertainment industry and it was going to be called bigger pockets. And I was, you know, I started and I was like, you know, this sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> Nobody wants this. Nobody's going to use this. And then the time, the, then, you know, uh, it, it came time to do this real estate thing that I was doing. And I was like, bigger pockets is perfect for this. It, it just works so well. And so I transitioned it from this acting bigger pockets to bigger pockets, the real estate community. I had to use the name somehow, some way, and it, it just worked. Nice. That's funny. Yeah. I bet you like 99.9% of people listening to this did not know that. So They did not. Yeah, that's funny. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. Take a second and imagine this. Immediate cash flow, above average rent, built-in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. 
With their new construction single-family rent-to-own homes, you'll get aggressively priced, brand-new properties that have tenants in place now in one of the fastest-growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent-to-own strategy works. You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder-partner relationships. Then, invest and collect immediate cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above-market rent so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built-in equity and appreciation with an already agreed-to purchase price at year three, helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. Okay, so all right, so you, you built you built bigger pockets up, and it was an overnight success. And you, oh yeah, yeah, it it took like three weeks to build, and you have yeah. So well, just like you can go and buy property and be a millionaire in, in six days from buying my twenty five thousand dollar course. <laughs> Sign up today, increase the limit on your credit cards, and there you, you can have the cash to buy our course. <laughs> all right, so so do not a, do that, people. Yeah, please. don't do that. It, it took time, obviously, to build. I mean, you built... What year did you actually start it? We just had the 10-year anniversary, right? It is the 10 years. So, so took, 2004, I was I was working... I, I was a teacher. I was, you know, I was making uh, not a lot of money. <laughs> I, I was working away, you know, slaving away at a, at a job, working crazy hours, and and uh, and started doing this on the, on the nights and weekends, you know, it was, let me just kind of create this place, you know, that I can go to and, and, you know, nights and weekends, we just put time in, you know, connecting with other people, just kind of building the, the, the kind of the community and interacting with the people who started to show up on the site. You know, apparently the word started to leak out, uh, that there was this place where you can go where, you know, you weren't going to get sold it every second on, on buying these expensive trainings. And, and, uh, so little, yeah, little by little, I mean, it grew and grew and grew. I remember that first guy that I got on the 10th guy, the hundredth guy, I was so excited to have these people. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't even keep track anymore. (laughs) I think we're at like 230,000, give or take somewhere around there. Um, but, well, uh, well, let me ask you this. Why, why do you think, I mean, there's been a lot over the years, a lot of real estate websites that have tried to yep. do what you've done. Yet Bigger Pockets is today, I mean, hands down the largest, most, I mean, it's it's the site. I mean, it really is like the, you know, the Walmart of, you know, of, of online. I wish I was making sites. Walmart <laughs> yeah, you know, Walmart money. Yeah, but, yeah, too bad. But, you know, I mean, you are the, you are the monopoly, I guess, so to speak. So why? Oh, oh don't use that. <laughs> All right. So for the government, this is not a monopoly. But, you know, like you, you run this thing. So what sets you, what sets bigger pockets apart? Why is it so much bigger? And why did it take off the way that it did and, and get to the level that we are today? Isn't that like famous for question number four? It kind of is, but not quite. Um, I think what's uh, and and trust me, like over the years, there have been a lot of imitators have have come up. A lot of companies have come on, and they, I you know, very smart marketing ideas. They come, they create exactly what I've got, and they show up on bigger pockets, bigger pockets, and say, "Hey, come check out my community. It's just like bigger pockets." <laughs> Really? That's how you're going to promote? Like, you know, as, as I always say, you know, McDonald's doesn't walk into Burger King and put up a placard. It yep. doesn't work. You don't do that. That's, that's what we call not cool. You know, you just <laughs> don't. Um, but uh, 
I don't know. I, I think I've, I've stayed honest and true to myself. I've stayed honest and true to the initial intent of bigger pockets. I stayed honest and true to our users. I've entrusted them with the ability to be there for each other. I think, you know, it's, this has not been easy. Mm-hmm. 10 years, you know, I've, I've got a couple of grace going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been easy. And I, I think people, what people love about bigger pockets is they know that we stand firm for them and, and we're not, you know, we're not going to sell out. And, and listen, not a week goes by and you can attest to this where one of us on the team here has an idea. I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, we, you know, this would be so cool if we, and then we're like, Oh no, we can't do that. We can, I mean, how often does this happen, Brandon? Every day. <laughs> we can't do it. Wait, come on, Josh, this would be so good. What do I say? Uh, I don't know. Make a plan. I'm putting you on the spot. No, I say, no, we can't do that. Right. Our people would get, our yes. users would get pissed off and they, they, you know, scream and yell and, and, and I, leave. There's all, we always say it's like bigger pockets. We could, we could abandon our principles and turn it into a hundred million dollar business and be living on, you know, the beach in Hawaii for the rest of our lives if we wanted to. Oh yeah. Um, and that's, I, I, I don't I, know how sustainable it would. No, be. no, but you could, you could ramp that thing up real quick, offer some $50,000 training, for everyone, uh, and overnight do it. And I think, I mean, if, if from an outside perspective and then coming in, like that was what I noticed was set you apart from everyone else as no one else made that commitment. I feel like to, I won't sell out, uh, our users. So yeah. anyway, that's what I've always seen. Uh, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Brent. I mean, like, uh, you know, I look at how much money is made in the education space. Right. Yeah. And I say, we can, we can make the most amazing piece of real estate education for every you for anything and everything in real estate investing. And we can sell it for a lot of money. I just, I can't sleep with myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's awkward. Uh, yeah, that's awkward. All right. I can't live with myself if I do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's just something that I can't, I can't do. And, and so there's alternatives, right? I mean, we've written our ultimate beginner's guide. It's a free, amazing guide. I mean, we write, if you take all the content and bigger, there is no book, there is no course, there is no boot camp that comes even remotely close to the, the compound knowledge that is bigger pockets. There's yep. nothing, there is nothing on planet earth that comes even close to it. And, and so, um, you know, we have to make money, right? I mean, absolutely to have a business, to be able to continue to do this and, and build this business to help serve the investors of this country and, and around the world. Cause we have visitors in almost every single country in the world, every single month. It's unbelievable. Um, the, we have to make money and there's one core philosophy that we have on, on doing that. And, and are we going to sell it? You know, are we going to go and build these education, this education and sell it? And the answer is always no, 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 no. Now we did listen. Some people are going to say, you guys are hypocrites. You've got a book, you sell education. (laughs) I guess we're hypocrites. I, (laughs) we do sell education, but we sell education at a rate that's extremely affordable you know, I, I well, see and, very different purchasing a book than purchasing a $997 course, a boot camp for thousands of dollars, you know, a one-on-one for 25, 50, 75,000, whatever the hell they're charging today. Um, I, I, I see selling a book for, you know, 20 bucks, 25 bucks is, is very, very different. And the other, and, the, I was going to say everything in the, like, that's the way I, I, I guess 
I tell people like everything in the book, Jay Scott will say the same thing as I'll say is every single solitaire thing in our books is free on bigger pockets. Yep. You're paying for convenience, not for uh, there's no secrets. You're yeah. not getting anything that's, you know, you know, life shattering, but it's organized in a way that, that kind of makes sense. And, and, you know, I, I, I think having credible books that are well-written on a topic is, is a great way to go. I do not see any distinction between that. Um, and and providing tons of value to people. Okay, well, I want to ask you one more question on those lines then. So uh, a lot of people, I guess this is a criticism that Bigger Pockets gets a lot. I'm going to say the number one criticism we get Uh-oh. is that we're we're too aggressive against promotion or yep. against uh, we're too hard on the gurus, on the trainings, on the courses. I mean, that I get that a lot from people, sure. that, especially from, you know, usually the ones that have courses and trainings that say that. But I want to know, you kind of like for people listening to this, why are you so aggressive against self-promotion and against the boot camps and the guys that are, I mean, aren't they just like any under, any other industry you can pay for a consultant? How is that any different from that? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I, th- I think my issues really stem from the fact that I believe overall that the gurus take advantage of people who... Um, are vulnerable. Yep. Um, take, if you took an investor like yourself, okay, you've been doing this for what, eight years, nine years, 10 years, eight eight years. Yeah. Eight years. So so you've been doing it for eight years. Um, you're savvy. You kind of know what you're doing. Thank you. For the most part. Yes. (laughs) Ask questions like you did earlier, but that's okay. We all have them. Um, a guy like you, I would have very little issue with you going and spending $25,000 on a one-on-one mentorship. I really would because I think you're at the point where you know the basics. You know if somebody's pulling the wool over over your eyes. You've got the fundamental knowledge to be able to evaluate the value that you may or may not be getting. When I see the ads on TV and on the internet and on the radio and I see, you know, Hey, you know, so-and-so is coming to town and, you know, come check out this free thing that, you know, they're offering. It's almost like rioting. There's a, there's a sense of hype that, that, that's, that, that happens, right? I mean, people do things out of character when they're in groups. And, and so when you go into some free seminar with 500, 300, whatever people that, you paid for nothing for, you know, there's a lot of hype and energy. And and these guys are master marketers who know how to manipulate the the psyche of an individual. Um, You suddenly go out and do things that you may not normally do if you weren't under those conditions. Okay. And not only do you go and sign up for that $997 bootcamp from the free bootcamp, because that was the whole purpose of the free bootcamp was to get you to the $997 bootcamp. The $997 bootcamp was the whole purpose was really just to get you to the 5,000. And ultimately the 5k was intended to get you to the 10, the 25 or the 50 or whatever it is today. And you know what? People fall into it. And it's a funnel. We use the word funnel all the time in our, our work. And, and it's, you know, a word that, um, you know, you send your yellow letters out, you're going to send a, a thousand, you know, that 2% are going to do this and X percent are going to do that. It's the same thing. But I think, I think it's the, I really do believe that the intent is to take advantage of people who don't know any better. I really, really, it's just, that's what I believe. And, and I've seen it because in the years that I've been doing what I do, I get 
email after email after email from people who say, oh, Josh, I wish Bigger Pockets was around a year and a half ago, 10 years ago, 12, whatever it was, right? Because I wouldn't have signed up for that thing. Because you know what? I didn't need to spend $25,000 to do. I didn't get much. I got a couple of nuggets out of it. It wasn't worth the money I spent. What I get out of talking to low, to other investors on bigger pockets is just as value is more valuable. You know, I could ask any question. I don't have to, you know, hey, you're going to get so and so on the phone, but you actually get their underling who has never done a deal themselves. Whatever it is, right? Yep. I you know, that to me I it just kills me. It really kills me. It feels like people are being taken advantage of. It feels like the way the marketing is done is designed to take advantage of people. And frankly, I don't like taking advantage of people. I think it's bad form. I think it's a practice that should be stopped. Uh, I don't care whether it's in the real estate investing industry, the commodities trading industry, the stock industry, financial services industry, all the, this happens across a lot of industries. And so for me, it's just, it's kind of my, my thing, you know, I, I just, I think there's other ways to go. Now, again, is there a place for these folks? I think there is. I think there are people, some people don't want to troll around a forum to get information. Some people don't want to do that. Some people want to get information. They want to spend money. A lot of people feel good if they spend money on education. They think, hey, if I spend money, it's money well spent, yeah. um, which is fine. You know, and, and is true in many cases, but in a lot of cases, it's not. And, and so, but if that works for you, if that's how you learn and it, you're okay knowing that you're not guaranteed to be rich after taking a course, you're not guaranteed to be successful after taking something, then go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it. And there's, there's other models. There's models where folks will say, Hey, I'm going to take a piece of your deal. Uh, each deal you do going forward. And that's, that's something I did that when I started uh, as an agent, I had an agent who mentored me and he got a half of my first two deals. And I was perfectly content with that because he taught me the business. Yep. Right. But there are some folks who take it even further and they say, Hey, you pay me a piece of the deal until I've made a million dollars. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. That's I crazy. Agree. So there's, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I fundamentally have an issue with people taking advantage of other people. And I think much of that industry is designed to take advantage of people. And that's why we do what we do. You know, bigger pockets is kind of a place you, you can go and you don't have to spend a dime. You don't have to buy our books. You don't have to do anything. And you could ask anything and everything and learn anything you want to learn that you could learn from any training bootcamp or whatever else on bigger pockets. And it won't cost you a dime. So, yeah, I think that's great. Um, well, one of my last questions before we head over to the fire round, I want to know, like, uh, I guess, what is your biggest suggestion for people who are listening to the show about bigger, getting involved, growing uh, through bigger pockets? I mean, where should people turn to? It's a big site. What should people do that are listening that aren't currently involved? They should ask my wife. I don't know. She's the boss. <laughs> she is the boss. She is. Um, no, and, and by the way, she, you know, we wouldn't be here if, if she weren't there to support me. Uh, you know, when I first started BP, you know, the first couple of years I was teaching, I actually quit my teaching job. And the first couple of years of working on bigger pockets full time, I I was not making any money. Yeah. <laughs> I was and and so we, you know, she supported us both. And and so, you know, to Julie, if you're listening, uh, I know you 
put up with me enough. I, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, really, I definitely uh, wouldn't be uh-huh. here without uh, the, the support of, of Julie. So, but uh, you know, to to tips and to, to using the site. I think the key to bigger pockets and to those who are successful in bigger pockets is being authentic. You know, it really, and it's a word that's, I think, played out in a lot of ways in the social space for people who kind of are studies of social media. But it's true. If you join, well, first off, I mean, the biggest problem is, you know, I get, I love these, these emails. Hey, I joined your site. It sucks. <laughs> I, you know, close my account. You know, angry people. Okay, what what sucks? Well, I joined the site, and nothing happened. <laughs> oh, nothing happened. Well, my my friend, magic is not going to happen. You need to you need to make moves. This is a tool. Bigger Pockets is a tool to help you better your business and better your knowledge. And we could only you know there is there is nothing. That will make you a successful investor. There is no tool, there's no solution that's going to put deals in your pocket. There is nothing. I want to build something that does that. It doesn't exist. Yeah. There's nothing like that. You have to do the work. You have to do the work. And whether it's learning the basics, learning the fundamentals of how to evaluate properties, looking at properties, looking at deals, networking with people, you know, whether you've been doing this for 10 years and you need cash, cash doesn't fall in your pocket. You have to get out there and work to get the cash. Deals don't fall in your pocket. You have to get there and work the deals. No matter what you do, you have to work. You have to hustle. You know, that that's one of the things that I took away from my family and I took away when I was in the entertainment business from my friend, Al, uh, shout out to Al Thompson, who really is the guy who kind of taught me grind, the hustle, the grind, work your butt off, hustle, 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 beat. You know how you beat the other guy? You work harder. You know, you work harder, you work smarter, you put systems in, but you got to work. And so to answer your question on how do you be successful in bigger pockets? Well, don't just create a profile and say, Oh, I'm going to be successful. That's Nonsense. And anybody who has done that and has a profile, if you don't get out there after listening to this and actually do something with that profile, connect with people, engage, participate, you might as well close your profile. And, <laughs> and I know, and this is maybe this is why people like bigger pockets because I'm not afraid to say that. Like, there is no point in you having a profile in our community if you are not going to do anything with it. Yeah. You have to engage, you have to be active. You have to talk to people. And once you do, then you have to take it to the real world. Connect with them on Skype. Connect with them on, 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 on Google Hangouts. You know, if they're local, sit down for coffee. If they're not, you know, connect remotely. But you can't just expect a profile to get you anywhere. So what's my tip? Connect. You know, if you're an expert in hard money, go on our forum, set up a keyword for hard money. And every time somebody's talking about hard money, you, you talk about hard money. If you're a hard money lender, right? You help people out. People see that you're being adding value. They see that you're involved in the community and they're going to say, oh, you know what? That guy's vested. Let me work with that guy, you know, versus the other guy who may spend money on advertising, promotion, whatever, but isn't willing to put in the work. 
I, I personally, I'm going to work with the guy who I know is involved, who I know, who I see, you know, is giving, you know, Brandon Turner and Jay Scott a hard time. Well, that, that guy's, you know, Hey, he, he gets it. Okay. Let me, let me, let me work with that guy or whether you're, you know, a new investor and you say, well, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to say. Right. That's what you guys all think. You guys are all saying it. I know it. Well, you do. You know, you know something, you know your area, and frankly, you have opinions and things like that. I'm not just saying go and give BS advice and, and, and opinions on matters that you'd have no right to say things about, but, you know, maybe go to our new member introductions and greet new people in your area as they join the site. Yeah. They're, you're a face that they see, they start to talk to you, they get to know you, they, and, and they may also be in a similar situation, or they may be able to help you. But if you didn't open your mouth and say something, aka type something, you guys would never forge that bond. Yeah. So bottom line is stop hiding, get out there, communicate, connect, interact, you know, like read comment, you, you know, leave a comment. If you read an article that you thought was awesome, leave a comment. I've done that in areas of internet business building where, you know, my policy is I'm going to try and leave a comment or a remark or share something that I find valuable anytime I come across something. So if I find an article that I read and I like, I'm either going to share it on Facebook, Twitter, G+, LinkedIn, whatever, or I'm going to leave a comment to the guy who spent the time to write that. And here's yeah. what that does. That guy now sees me as somebody who's sharing their content or sees me as somebody who's willing to engage with them. And we've now established a first bond of a relationship. It happens again. Suddenly we've got more. Now all of a sudden I can reach out and say, hey, Bill, you know, you wrote a really great article and, you know, back in the day and you wrote this, I'd love to chat with you a little bit more about so-and-so. And Bill says, oh, cool. Yeah. I remember your comment. That was great. You know, cool. Now you guys are connected. Now you guys are talking about deals or whatever the heck it is you talk about and you make things happen. That is the beauty of bigger pockets. That is how to do it. You just get out there and talk to people. Nice. That was like 12 tips, but... <laughs> Whatever. You know, once I get started, I can't yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm a very I, difficult interview subject. That's I a just good, don't shut up. That's a good one tip. That's a good That's a good one. Best tip. I like it. <laughs> All right. All right. We're moving on to our world famous. It's time for the fire round. All right. The fire round. These questions are coming from the forums. And to be 100% honest, I didn't even look ahead of time. I'm just going to pick some because I know you know, you're the expert in everything. Oh, so boy. here we go. Number one. Pass. <laughs> you can't pass. All right. Um, I declined to answer that question on grounds that can incriminate me. Yeah, yeah, you will. You're going to plead the fifth on that? All right. Let's see. What's the best approach to find a good market to invest in? Look in your backyard. Oh, all right. That was, that, was, that was quicker than I expected. You wanted to fire around, man. You fire questions at me. I fire answers back at you. No, I mean, look in your backyard. There is no, we've talked about this a million times. There is not a single market in the United States where maybe Hawaii, I, I, I'd have to study Hawaii, but there is no market in the US, it is my understanding and belief that within a two hour drive, you cannot find reasonable deals, whether you're in San Francisco, Chicago, New York City, Boston, you name it, within two hours drive of Miami, any, any major city, there's deals. So look out, look in that radius around, around your, your uh, home 
and and start looking and and start to get to know those areas because I think the best place for a new investor to to invest is is in a place that they know. Okay, I like it. All right, this Thank question you. comes from uh, John Horner here on the on the on the forum. So, Ooh, a plug for John Horner. Yeah, well, little, I thought I wasn't that like a uh, was wasn't that like a nursery rhyme, Little John Horner or something? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. All oh, right, okay. so here's the thing. He's asking, so I switched property management companies to a new company on his property. The current rent is eight fifty. The new property manager thinks he can get an extra two hundred bucks a month out of rent. Should he get rid of the tenant? Like, you know, uh, raise their rent uh, with them possibly leaving at that point or just live with the lower price and not have to rock the boat. I think that's kind of the gist. Gist. J- gist was what my gist. brother used to gist. call me when I was a kid. <laughs> nice. I don't yeah. Know, that's a weird nickname. Yeah, it was kind of weird. All right, so um, you keep them or, you know, rock or rock the boat and potentially lose them. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of depends in there um, and I'm not talking the undergarments. <laughs> <laughs> You, how, how's your pair going, by the way? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Holding uh, up well. You've gotten past that whole problem? Uh, not yet. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the, you know, if you're in an area where finding a renter is difficult, is it smart to, to kick out somebody who's potentially been stable and been with you a long time? I, I think that's potentially a dangerous proposition. If, on the other hand, you're in an area where you know, finding somebody to fill a vacancy is easy. Uh, if the market is saying that the increased rent is is definitely attainable, you know, and and you can tell that by by looking at what other people are renting, how fast the properties are are renting out. You know, it might be worth something worth considering. But I, I mean, I think I prefer the incremental approach. You know, which which is kind of somewhere in between. Which is you know, start raising the rent on on those tenants and and you'll you'll eventually find that point where you've gone too high um cool. and and so uh, you know i i think just be smart look at your situation and obviously you also want to look at local rent laws and you know if you're in rent control don't do that <laughs> yeah don't do we, won't, that. we won't get into that mess um yeah all right a couple questions actually about bigger pockets forums just because i i went to that forum about bigger pockets questions so first one barry uh asked this where in bigger pockets do i post investors to partner or provide funding for building homes like where do i post about investors or partners uh on the site gotcha uh so we have a marketplace biggerpockets.com slash marketplace and there's a link in our nav and that's where you would post any kind of ads or solicitations um, at all on the site. You know, the, the, the key is, you know, what I found about online communities is this. I don't want to go to a community and ask a question like, hey, can somebody explain to me how a VA loan works? You know, and, and get people who say, hey, you know, VA loans. Yeah, I could help you get a VA loan. Hey, jackass, I didn't ask you to get me a VA loan. I asked you how a VA loan works. Yep. Right? So the vast amount of communities online, regardless of topic, and you know, primarily in real estate. I mean, this happens in real every every real estate community I've seen. You go, you ask a question, and you get somebody beating you on the head. And you asked me earlier about why I'm so hard on people promoting and you know selling. You asked me that uh, you know a half hour ago before I started bloviating about whatever the hell I was talking about. <laughs> but the answer is. I want the answer to the question that I asked. 
So give me that answer. And if you answer that question and add value, like I said before, people may say, oh, you know, this guy, Bill Johnson, hopefully that's a fake name, uh, (laughs) is really, really savvy at VA loans. And if I decide I want to reach out to you and ask you more or ask you if you can help me get one, I'll do that. But it's not your business to come into my world, my question, and start pimping yourself out. So we are really, really hardcore about enforcing, you know, the no solicitation rule on the forums and across the site. You know, we will throw people off the site, you know, without blinking, blinking an eye, no matter how, who they are, what they've done, how long they've been on the site, if they break that. And that to me is a, is a line you cannot cross. So the marketplace, you go to the marketplace, biggerpockets.com slash marketplace. You can post your ads, your solicitations. I'm looking for this. I need this. I've got that. Check out my, this website, um, uh, or, or whatever real, real estate related, of course. And, uh, and, and post it there and, and to post there, you do need a paid account. You need a pro account or a plus account. And those accounts cost, uh, nine bucks a month for the plus and 29 bucks a month for the pro, or you can buy an annual package and, you know, market whatever you've got to market. And frankly, if you have things to market or you're looking for things and you're not using the marketplace, let me go back to what I was saying before. You're not using bigger pockets. You're missing out. You know, I've got this opportunity. Why aren't you telling people about it? If it, because it costs you $9 a month. Yes, we, we do have to make money. Absolutely at bigger pockets. But if you're not willing to spend nine bucks to post an ad on a deal, you probably shouldn't be in this business. So the marketplace is, you know, uh, let, let's, let's give a couple examples. Brandon, you've got a, a triplex you're, you, you, in the past that you're promoting, right? Well, advertise the triplex. Or, hey, you found a great deal, but you need a partner to come on. Well, that's a great place to post it. Yep. Or, hey, I'm looking for this. I need, I need that. I, I've, you know, whatever it is, whatever your need or want is. And by the way, every single person listening to this show and every single person on Bigger Pockets has a need and a want. If you're not posting those in the marketplace, nobody's going to know what they are. So get out there and post it. And that's, that's where you do it. Nice. All right, last question. And just because you you mentioned that, so a guy named Tom S. said, uh, question about pro accounts. Can anyone tell me the difference between pro and plus and why should I upgrade to pro? So I'm going to give you like 30 seconds, Josh. Right. Done. Wow, good job. You know what's amazing? One of the, you know, we've got a lot of members, we survey them and, and we ask them, hey, what do they love about bigger pockets? And, and you know, we have people who sign up for our calculators. We have we got, you know, these um, fantastic calculators. We've got a flipping calculator, a buy and hold calculator. And we are actually, finally, actually, blame Brandon, not me, launching <laughs> at some point in the coming month or so a wholesaling calculator. Um, So we've got a suite of calculators. Uh, You get full unlimited use of the calculators. You could print out these amazing reports, which you should give, you could give to your lenders or bankers whenever you're looking for uh, cash. Um, So the calculators, you can, uh, you know, find members. We have, we have, anyone can use our search, but we have more enhanced search that paid users can get. You can look for people in certain zip codes who meet certain criteria um, and, and, and a, a pro pro membership can get you that. 
enhanced signature. If you're looking to build your brand, your company, you know, you can put your company's logo at the bottom of all your posts. And so the, as you answer questions and help people out, they could see your brand, get to know who you are, what your company is and say, oh, okay, that's becoming familiar. Let me work with those guys. Um, you can add a video to your profile where you can tell people who you are, that authenticity that we talked about. Like, yeah. hey, my name is Josh and I've been investing for X long and I do this and I've done this and this and this and here's my track record. Put that on video, right? I love this function. This is probably yeah. one of my favorite and to date, one of, I think, the more underused, um, which is sad because if I'm thinking about working with you, Brandon, as an investor and I go to your profile, all I see is words and a picture. Yep. And I can go and I can see what advice you've given on the forums or what you've written in an article form. But until I stop and I see who you are, look at your face on yeah. film talking to me, I can't connect to you. Yep. And that extra connection that you get from being able to embed your video is, is phenomenal. Yeah, I, there, there's a whole s slew of tools you can find at biggerpockets.com slash pro. Uh, it'll give you the full rundown of pro versus plus. Um, and above and beyond all, I mean, if you love bigger pockets and you're passionate about bigger pockets and we're helping you, you know, build your business, be successful, it's another way of giving back to, you know, we, we get emails from people all the time. Hey, I joined pro, you know, I've got, you know, I do all my spreadsheets in Excel. I don't need your calculator. I, I've got alternatives for all these other things, but I love what you guys do. Um, but, and I, I just wanted to give back. Um, and, and they, they get pro accounts and, and those guys, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm honored. I, it's, it's weird. It's a weird feeling I have, you know, that, that people almost see us like a, a NPR, Yeah, you know, like this service that, that, you know, they want to give back to. And, and we are a for-profit business. We are absolutely a for-profit business, but you know, first and foremost to be profitable, we are trying to provide value and service and, and maintain a community in a world where you can feel safe and feel like you're not going to get beat up. Now, people may beat you up if you ask, you know, a question <laughs> and say, Hey, everybody, I've got this deals section eight property. Yeah, I got deals <laughs> in all 50 states or, Hey, you know, I mean, man, what, what, what are some of the crazy, crazy ones that we see? I, don't, I get a lot of people who just like, I don't know, ask, you say there's no stupid questions, which I agree completely, but I wouldn't recommend jumping on and saying something like, I don't know, how do I get started in investing in real estate? Right? Like, that's not a, st it's not a stupid question, but it's a, no, question but it's a question that you should put the work in to find the answer to because we've done that. It's been asked a thousand times. Yeah. And frankly, you should go check out our ultimate beginner's guide, ultimate beginner's guide, biggerpockets.com slash UBG, which can help you with all that stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope people are interested. I mean, I hope this is helpful. I know I, this was not my decision, by the way. I will tell you, anyone listening, the reason I am the guest on the show today is because Brandon forced me to. He told me he was going to quit. <laughs> well, if I not, did not so many do words. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, we're moving on. We're moving on to the uh, last. Actually, you're, I actually have two more questions for you. Where do you see bigger pockets headed, first of all? And where do you see your own personal investing headed? Fair enough. Uh, bigger pockets, not a day goes by where we don't sit around, uh, with the team here and, and elsewhere, you know, our remote folk like Brandon, um, and, uh, and ask, 
how can we better serve investors? What can we do to make the lives of real, of real estate investors better? You know, are, can we improve the platform? Can we build tools that can help investors out? Can we, you know, provide more information? Can we change the format of our podcast? Can we create more free guides? You know, what can we do to help people out? So going forward, we want to keep going. We want to keep building tools to, to help you with your business. We want you guys to, um, you know, continue to look to us. Bigger Pockets is a place, that, a, a, a credible, a trusted source that, you know, we're here to, to, to stand behind you and support you and, and be there to, to assist you through the good and bad, because we all have good, but we all have bad too. And, you know, when that happens, it's, it could be a lonely place. And, and I think that's one of the, the greatest things about a community like ours is, you know, we all hopefully get to, you know, pat each other on the back and, and kind of hold each other's hands when things aren't going so well. So keep going, keep going, uh, keep fighting the fight, keep trying to stand up for, for people who, who, uh, who need to be stood up for. You know, I, I think something that we don't talk about a lot is I really, I, I, I do want to transform real estate. Um, I think real estate investors get a black eye. I know a lot of people are shy when they, you know, when the time comes like, Hey, I don't want to tell my friends. I don't want to, you know, they're just going to call me slumlords. They're just going to, you know, give me grief about doing all this stuff until I prove that I'm successful. And then they're going to be like, Oh my God, how did you do that? Which is exactly how it goes. Right. Hey, I want to be a real estate investor. Oh dude, really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You're going to be a slumlord, huh? Funny, funny. You know, I, I bet you everybody who's active as an investor has gone through that. And it's nonsense. You know, there are bad people out there. Absolutely. There are gurus that make bad names for people who are legitimately teaching other people. Um, uh, local, local coaches, local mentors, things like that. I mean, you know, there are landlords who are doing bad by their tenants that aren't taking care of things that are, you know, just treating them poorly. Um, there are flippers who are, um, you know, slapping lipstick on a pig, right? Uh, there's wholesalers who are, are doing bad things. I mean, there's, you know, commercial guys who do bad things, but they, I think those people as a whole represent a small percentage of our industry. The real estate investing industry has a lot of really, really amazing people. And the vast, vast majority of us are just trying to build a business so we can get somewhere, you know, to support our families, to get to retirement, whatever the purpose is, you know, we're not trying to do bad. We're trying to do a good thing. And and so, you know, I try my best to speak out on that and, you know, try and try to let the press know and do my part to give examples to them of, you know, the good stories. Cause it's so easy to go in the newspapers and, Oh, this landlord plowed down their tenants, this and that, or this guy did that. You know, those stories are fun, you know, but yeah, you know, for the press, but they, they give us a black eye. And and we don't need it. And and I think we need to all stand together as real estate investors and say, we're not going to take it anymore. And, uh, you know, if you see an article like that, write your local press and say, hey, guys, what about this guy, you know, who's, you know, flipped 15 houses, put millions of dollars back into the town and given people a good place to live? What about that guy? Let's yeah. talk about him because he's the guy that matters. He's the guy who's helping us get out of the recession. He's the guy who's helping our economy. He's the guy who's helping to build, you know, this country into the country that it is. 
Yeah. Because without him, we'd all be living in, you know, slummy slums. Podunk. <laughs> or podunk. Right? <laughs> so that's on bigger pockets. Me personally, man, I don't go a show without being inspired. And I'm not inspired by me. I sure as hell I am inspired <laughs> by you. But <laughs> But like the the folks we bring on, and whether it's somebody who just did their first deal or their 50th, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm really, I'm really interested in notes. Uh, the, the idea of buying notes and, yeah. and, and uh, not dealing with tenants' toilets and what's the other one? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Termites. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like that concept for me personally. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to own some more rentals, probably on higher end properties that would hopefully require less headaches yeah. uh, going forward. But, you know, I, I, I know myself and I know that if I am trying to build bigger pockets, I, I don't have the attention span to, to go full gung ho on, on building some real estate empire at the same time. I can't do it. It's not me. Some people can, I cannot do it because I care about what I do. And, and, and I'm not saying people who are doing that don't, but I just can't focus on two things. It's who I am. So, you know, I, right now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm plotting, I'm, I'm planning. And, and, you know, I, I think I, I'm, probably going to get into the note space and potentially commercial, smaller commercial in the years to come, but, you know, very, uh, uh, methodically. Nice. Cool. All right. Now I believe it is time for our world famous, famous for famous for these are the questions, Josh, that we ask everyone. I know you've never listened to our show before, so these are going to be I'm new not, on you. I'm not prepared. You're not prepared. So number one, my favorite game is Candyland. <laughs> what is your favorite real estate related book? Uh, if I were Brandon Turner, I would say, well, not to plug myself, <laughs> but my favorite real estate book is the book on no money. To, no. Um, Which is a good I, book right there. It is. <laughs> I think. I'll plug anywhere. Oh, I know you will. You're shameless. <laughs> I think the book that impacted me the most uh, was the richest man in Babylon. Nice. You know, it's a parable. It's an easy read, but it's, it you know you can just you can see the value of of being smart with your money um and uh and so uh, you know is it a real estate book i don't know but yeah it's a real estate book it is i mean cuz i say so yeah i mean cuz i say so <laughs> and you are josh dorkin i am the yeah. one i i love that book too and i need to reread it i, I haven't read it in about a year at least so it's one of those yeah. books i want to reread just like you know rich dad poor dad or the others i want to read them every year they yeah. they inspire me and they keep me remembering why I do what I do. So anyway, yeah, yeah. great. All right. How about business book? I think only because it's fresh, but it was a really good book. It's literally sitting next to me here. Uh, Rework from Jason Fried and, and uh, David uh, Henmeyer Hansen. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's about kind of building a company and how to do it. And, and it's, it's fascinating. Actually, you know, it's cool. I got a, uh, I had somebody who, um, and I forget her name. I, I'm mad at myself. But she had sent me a private message saying, hey, Josh, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide is so valuable as, as a book. I just want to thank you for it. And so she asked me for my address and she sent me this. It's called The CEO Code. I haven't read it yet, but uh, it's how to create a great company and inspire people to greatness with practical advice from an experienced executive. And Man, people don't, people don't send me books. 
Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Anyway, well, I got in the mail like a couple days later, this package, and I was like, what is this? And it was bubble wrapped. And it was like, I'm like, I hope this is not like somebody with some bad anthrax stuff, anthrax or something. I was freaking out. And I unbundle it, and it was this pin. It said, trust me, I'm a CEO. And I think it was the same person. It didn't have a return address or anything. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was kind of cool, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like to read books that are about improving our business, improving, um, what we do and, and how we, uh, how we provide a service and, and better that. And, and, and so anything along those lines is, is definitely helpful. And, and to those people listening, let me just say this. For about 20 episodes, I got a lot of grief about a book called <laughs> The Four-Hour Workweek. Well, mea culpa, folks. It's a good book. I have some issue with the book. I, you know, I don't like the idea of shirking on your responsibilities and, and kind of giving it to somebody else to do your own work while you're out vacationing. I don't like that concept. I think that's a bad concept. But like, you know, thinking about how to build a lifestyle business, that, that is, that's why a lot of people come on bigger pockets. That's why a lot of people get into real estate. And so I did finish the book a while ago and I, and I think it's good. And I, I walked away with a lot of stuff. In fact, I, I was talking with my wife about it the other day because uh, I, I watched a movie called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Have you seen that? I haven't. It's a, it's a movie with Ben Stiller and he's this guy who works for Life Magazine and he's daydreaming all the time about like, you know, just himself doing all this cool macho stuff. And he finds himself in the situation where he's actually doing these adventurous things and he's doing jumping from a helicopter into shark infested waters. And I'm like, man, this is, this is for our work week right here. This is like finding a way to kind of find what you love. And one of the things I love is experience. Um, I'm not a big guy in, on buying stuff. I don't need the junk. I don't need stuff. I, I'd rather my kids have experiences than toys. I'd rather I, you know, I look back at my life and I, what do I remember? I don't remember the toys, the tchotchkes. I remember the things that I've done. Yeah. So um, that's why I think I like that book. It, it kind of challenges you to find a way to live today, not when you're 65, when you may not be able to anymore. I agree wholeheartedly. Exactly the same thing. It's about living today. Why yeah. wait till you're 65 and too old yeah. to enjoy life, so, to enjoy life? So I think that's great. And I'm, I know I'm going to try harder to do that for myself. I think it's important for me and my family. And I, I hope everyone else listening um, does the same because life is short. And you know, I've, I've had a, a bunch of family tragedy in the past couple of weeks. And, and you know, anytime that happens, it always gets me you know, thinking about these things. And I kick myself sometimes for, you know, working too hard or, or, <laughs> or whatever, which we all know I'm a ridiculous workaholic. That you are. Well, yeah. speaking of that, what do you do when you're not working? What, what are your hobbies? I have three amazing little girls. Um, and uh, my hobbies have kind of been put to the wayside. I mean, I, I think, you know, for, for too long, bigger pockets was my hobby and my job and my life. And, and, and I'm finding a way to dig, dig myself out of it. Um, but you know, once I started having kids, I mean, they, they became my life and, and anyone who knows me knows that, you know, 
Everybody thinks work is number one for me, but that's not even close to true. I mean, my family is by far number one. You know, I I will I, will, I can testify. To, we'll be having like this really good conversation. But here's this amazing new thing we should be building, and all of a sudden the phone rings. Sorry, guys, got to go. It's my wife or it's my kids, and it's always instant. And I respect you for that. Like, well, thank you, immensely. thank you. Yeah. So I mean, my family. You know, what do I What do I like doing? I love ski. I love skiing. Love, 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 love skiing. I need to do more of it. I got to get out and, and go hit the slope somewhere. I, I always find it a pain to go get the pass and I'm, it's just a headache, but I got to just do it. Um, I want to ski South America. I want to ski Europe. I, w- I want to do more skiing. I love windsurfing, travel, love, love, love traveling. Uh, been to South America, been to Asia, haven't been to Europe since I was a kid. Haven't seen much of it, most of America, but I, I, I want to do more. Um, y- you know, just being outside, you know, I don't know, man. I get it's. I'm at that point in my life where right now I really do no BS. I get so much joy watching my kids. In fact, uh, this weekend, just yesterday, my 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 middle daughter uh, rode a bike with with no training wheels for the first time. I got her riding with no training wheels, and and to me, like I'm as excited, as ecstatic, as proud of that than you know skiing the hardest slope that I've ever skied. Um, it just it brings me joy, and and so. I, you know, my family are my hobby and they're my, you know, it's what I live for. Nice. I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next question. What do you believe in all your experience, like with hundreds of thousands of investors, millions of them coming through bigger pockets? What do you see uh, sets apart successful ones from those who either give up, fail, or never get started? I don't know if the listeners have noticed, but I don't actually ask this question. This, nope. I, we always have Brandon ask it. There's a couple <laughs> of reasons. One, it's hard to say. It is hard it's, to say. You know, it's it's actually difficult to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and ponder, and maybe Brandon can fill the air with, <laughs> with his rendition of something. But I I think the people over the years that I see who go on to be successful, they're honest. They don't try to take advantage of people. So they're kind of true to themselves. They they put in the work. So they put the time in to be a study of of real estate. They're not lazy. So they they really they work hard, um, and they don't let uh, little things stop them. Um, and you know, there's a little crazy in there too, um, and and a lot of risk taking because you know it's hard. You know, th- think about anybody who's been doing this for for more than a, a couple of years. We've all had a bad situation. And being able to walk away from that bad situation and say, I'm going to keep at this. I'm going to keep doing this. You know, you need to have, you got to have some cojones. You got to have some fortitude to, to kind of stick this thing out and say, oh, well, I just got screwed over by my tenant or this contractor just burned me or, you know, I just lost a bloody fortune because of whatever, whatever. And come back and say, you know what, but I'm going to keep at it because I know that this is a path to success. I can't put in words what that is. There's something. So it's that stick to itness, maybe that kind of they have and a passion and a love for it, you know, and to kind of bring another answer to it, everybody has their own success. And, and you and I have talked about this a lot, Brandon, what works for so-and-so, it does not work for you, may not work for you. There is not a single path to success in real estate. There's not one way to go, despite what the guru will tell you. You know, we all have a pathway. We all have our own way of going. And I may just want to have three properties and be done. I don't want to have 50, 100, 1,000. You know, that's okay. 
you don't, not everybody needs to have that. So figure out, you have to be true to you, be true to what you know, who you are, what you want. And if you stick to that, despite the downtimes, I think you're going to be successful. That's good. That was deep. I like it. Thank you. Uh, hey, hey, Josh. So hey, where hey, can, yeah, what's up? Where can people find out more about you? Where can they get in touch? All right. Well. Your cell phone uh, number is what? Yeah, don't even go there, dude. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, they can find me on Bigger Pockets, obviously. Uh, biggerpockets.com slash users slash bigger PO. Don't know why that became my username. <laughs> bigger PO. Bigger PO. I'm the bigger PO. Um, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash JR Dorkin. Um, uh, Facebook. Uh, I, I, I probably will not friend you on Facebook unless <laughs> I know you. I, it's just one of those things. LinkedIn is the same thing. If, if I know you, if we're familiar, I'll connect. But, you know, I, I keep some of these networks a little closer to heart. Uh, G plus. I'm, I'm, I'm all out and about. And obviously you guys know where to find me on the site. I, you know, I've got that Tom from MySpace thing. When you, when you join the site, you're, you're my friend. All of a sudden, I guess I, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up and, yep. and thought, you know, maybe this was a way to, to get there. So <laughs> just join BP and you'll be my, my best buddy in the world. There you uh, go. Yeah. Just connect with me on the site. Um, you're on the podcast if you've got, every week. I'm on the podcast every week. And you know, if you guys have technical questions that you want to ask me, please don't ask me. <laughs> uh, I, I get so many, and I know Brandon has the same same issue. We we actually have a support team now, guys, and and uh, you can get in touch with them through the contact form on BiggerPockets at biggerpockets.com/contact, or you can email support at biggerpockets.com. If you want to get in touch with me and just say, hey, you know, hit me up anytime on the site. I'm I'm happy to connect. I try to answer everybody. I don't get to it as much anymore, which is hard. I, I, I really do like to try and talk to everybody, but I can't. So that's it. Cool. Yeah, cool. man. All right. Well, we going to close this thing out. I think we better close this thing out. So, uh, Josh, I'm sorry you. if you listen, by the way, all the way through. Yeah. This is, to... I think you were trying to go for the longest show ever. Is this the longest show it's, ever? It's close. I think Ben's going to beat you on that oh, digital coffee shop episode, but you know, we're oh, close. Man. We're all at right. a little, almost, almost two hours, but, uh, Anyway, everybody, thank you for listening. Obviously, Josh and I really, really appreciate uh, all the support. A hundred shows. Uh, wow. I never, never thought we'd get here. And when we started out, uh, I don't think we thought we'd get to show five. No, I yeah, we had no idea what we were. We doing. were like, listen back to those first. No, shows. don't listen. <laughs> we were awful. We were awful. I mean, we're the interviews awful, were good, but, but you know. okay, we, were, we, were, we were not very uh, good. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thank you guys. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, obviously. Jump onto bigger pockets. Josh said it a hundred times today. Uh, people who succeed are ones who get active and involved and take a uh, approach that they're going to make themselves successful, not rely on some magic. So jump in, uh, greet some new members. If you haven't done a new member introduction, do one today. And then, of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, G, and the usual. That's pretty and much engage it. Engage with us. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to add in. I, you know, I don't, I don't say this, but like, share. Like share if you think bigger pockets is awesome. I I know I do, and I share it all the time. And I I may annoy my friends a little bit, but you know they get they get over it. Share what we have. Like if you find a cool thread, like share it on Facebook. Your friends may say, "Oh my god, you know what? I didn't want to tell him that I was investing in real estate, but this is so cool." You know, if you read an article, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, share it where you are. A, it helps us. If you love bigger pockets, sharing our stuff will help us. And it'll help you. Here's how. The more people we have on bigger pockets, 
the more potential partners you have on bigger pockets. The more people are connecting, engaging, the better, the faster you're going to get answers. So as we grow, we all grow together. So help us grow by sharing, telling people about us and getting the word out. And that's it. Cool. So clo- close it up, man. Do it. All Do right. It. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Do all it. right. Biggerpockets.com. This is show 100. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 100. That's all we got, guys. Thank you very much. This is Brandon signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.